Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we are patiently awaiting the call from Governor Cuomo's office that he is ready to join Nahum on JM and AM. Very, very patiently waiting. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here. Woo! All right, we just had a spill in the studio. Hold on a second. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if people realize... I don't know if people realize, but we have a lot of equipment here, and we have a lot of stuff here, and open liquids and equipment is not always what we're looking for to mix. So we have a little bit of a technical issue right now, which we're dealing with, but that's okay. I'm not sure we're going to be able to get to Yoni. Yo- usually we call Yoni right about now, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. So, Yoni, if you're listening, just stand by. If we can get to you, we will. Anyway, good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. Folks, I'm reminding you, as we've been doing every single week, to wash your hands with soap and water. I know that sounds ridiculous, but wash your hands with soap and water. Also, make sure to practice social distancing and wear your masks. As many areas have entered Stage 2 or Phase 2, Um, We're enjoying doing certain things that we did four months ago without thinking twice. We're going into stores. We're sitting outside. We're enjoying, you know, a nice leisurely lunch on the sidewalk. All of those things are great. But make sure to practice what we're being preached to and practice what you've been preaching to your children and to family members. Make sure to wear your masks when you're in public. Make sure to keep your distance from other people, all of which is really important because we can get back to normal life. We can, whatever normal is. We can get back to normal life, but we have to do so safely. I'm also going to remind everybody that we are in the midst of our fundraiser, fjbunity.org. Please support us as we help as we help support you in many, many different ways. And we continue to bring you fascinating programming, live programming, informative programming, um, all of which is important and all of what you look forward to. So do me a favor and continue to support us as you have in the past. Go to fjbunity.org and give what you can today. Let's go through the national holidays. That might be Yoni. I think that might be Yoni. Yoni, is that you? Good morning. Hey, Yoni, how are you? Thanks for calling in. I appreciate that. Sorry about the little uh, confusion with the the liquid knockover. I'm not sure you heard about that. Oh, that sounds fun. (laughs) Yes, not not so great. So we're dealing with that, which is why we didn't call you, but I appreciate you calling in. How are you? Good, a nice uh, nice day here on the Upper West Side. Yeah, well, I, I would imagine that you're still basking in the glory of your major victory last week during the live lunch, and during <laughs> during which you handsomely beat me in a uh, game show conducted by Avi Fryer during the live lunch. Um, I, I I can't even believe that I've that I'm at the point where I can where I can discuss it, frankly, without being so upset. But I lost to you, and it wasn't pretty. Yeah, I, was, I honestly wasn't going to bring it up until the live ones, but uh, listen, it, it, it helps to know your toothpaste, let me tell you. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, 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 I can't believe that the outcome of that game show was that you know Nahum Siegel better than I do. And that, <laughs> frankly, is the takeaway from that entire experience. It was a lot of fun. It was an absolute lot of fun, and I thank Avi Fryer for making it all happen. But seriously, how is it possible... How is it possible? I mean, it could be because Avrami was on your team, but I had Zoomer. 
How is it possible that you potentially know Nachum Siegel better than I do? Yeah, Avrami definitely did better than me. But let me tell you something. It's honestly, this is something that we could probably, it's a game that we could replicate. Meaning Nachum himself, maybe over the course of the live lunch, maybe during some music, come up with another 10 words, 10 phrases that we, that just you and I, if you want to go head to head, have to fill in. And we could, you know, try it again if you if you want to press your luck. Uh, I mean, the Vegas oddsters would say that that's probably not the best idea if you're me. <laughs> Um, you know, bow out gracefully and, and, you know, be an adult about it. But I don't know. There might be something to this, but I don't know if we should do it with Nahum, you know, feed, get, giving the, you know, based off of Nahum's answers. I don't think we should do that necessarily again. Maybe we should. Okay. I think, you know what I think would be very entertaining? What's that? If it was ZK. Because then no one, yeah, because no one has a leg up because God knows no one knows what he's thinking at any given time. So I think it would be a great idea if he had to fill in those words and then we proceeded. All right. uh, I'm not sure how how we'd make that happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either, but I agree with you on that. Um, We're we're just going to go to you now for the Upper West Side Minion update. Any progress? Yeah, I uh, I've been davening in uh, in a shul minion oh, the last few days indoors, yeah, and, they're, and they're having minion the Shabbos indoors, indoors, yeah. Wow, and how does that feel? Uh, interesting, very interesting. I mean, the shul's massive, so it's not particularly hard to social distance, and they have you know tape in the in the seats that are uh, right. six feet eligible, I guess. Right. Um, so I mean, the weekly, the, you know, the night, the nightly minion is, isn't. Uh, I mean, it's weird, but not as weird. I assume Shabbos will be very interesting. Well, I I had mentioned last week that my boys started an eight thirty minion in my backyard, so that now I was like Stieblach that I have a seven and an eight thirty in my backyard now. <laughs> so I want you to know, not only has that eight thirty minion continued, all these teen boys in the neighborhood have. I mean, so many more have have jumped on the bandwagon, and p- kids who are not of age to drive are now their parents are now driving them to my backyard and dropping them off for minion. Wow, I know, which is really very nice, but. Um, the number of men now gathered in my backyard at 7 a.m. and at 8.30 is not normal. It's like they're multiplying <laughs> out there. I literally looked out the window. I'm like, where did all these people come from? I thought we were doing 10. But now that things are you know, loosening up and those restrictions have loosened up, we've been able to expand. And obviously everyone is still six feet apart, and that's not a problem. But um, right. but nevertheless, if you want to be Steve Lover, you got to have a 7:45 and a 9:15 in there too. Sounds like you might have enough. Yeah, it does sound like I might have enough. But I, uh, you know, I want you to know, and, and with this, I'm going to have to close with you. The crazier part of all of this is that Stephen sent out an announcements email and all the zmanim for Shabbos this morning in an email, and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> we're not. A shul. This is not becoming what you're making it. I mean, there was literally a list of announcements. Mazel tov to these people. I'm like, no, no, now I'm drawing the line. Now, Just wait till the Yom Kippur's madam come out. Oh, my gosh. Yoni, the conversations that have been had already about Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur are insane. But we're going to save that for next week. Yoni, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it, and thanks for being patient. Have a good one. You too. All right, quickly, national national holidays today. Uh, it's International Sushi Day. I know. Like, uh, who doesn't celebrate that all the time anymore? It's just such a such an everyday thing. It's National Splurge Day, which I guess is the reason I just ate an entire container of potato salad. And it is Clark Kent's birthday. Yes. 
It's Superman's birthday. I don't know why I think that's so much fun, but I certainly, certainly do. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I am joined this morning by Rebbitson Dr. Adina Schmidman. She's the founding director of the OU Women's Initiative. And uh, recently, there was a virtual summit that was conducted, conducted by the OU Women's Initiative discussing pressing issues for Jewish communal leaders as we plan for a post-COVID-19 world. Good morning, Adina. Good morning, Miriam. It's wonderful to hear your voice. Thank you, and thank you for being patient. I really appreciate you holding on the line. Uh, pleasure, pleasure. You know what? It's, uh, I don't want to say it's good to hear that uh, common topics of, uh, of interest, community, community to community, but there's something... Excuse me, like uh, reassuring, right? That we're we're not going it alone. Yeah, no, and I think that there's also I've said this to someone this morning. There's comfort in the mundane, the fact that certain mundane things, whether it's you know how many just where you're going with a mask, washing your hands, like all of those things, or just being able to go back into a store, back into a supermarket, back into the cleaners, all of these things. The fact that we're able to sort of get back into some kind of I don't even want to use the word routine, routine but just re-enter the lives that we remember. Oh, yeah. There's a comfort in that, and I guess we're seeing that in a variety of different communities. So let's just talk for a second about Philly, um, sure. Because you because you live in Philly, and I imagine you're not commuting into Manhattan these days. No, no, Libby to Manhattan, <laughs> but I am in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I trust so, me. Yeah. I hear. I trust me. I hear that. But tell me, uh, just in terms of the regularity and the commonality of things that we expect in life, how are things going in Philly? So I would say we've been very fortunate. Uh, you know, things have been rather muted in terms of in comparison to the intensity in New York. Right. Obviously, there's a lot of connection. So we feel and, you know, we're feeling the pain and certainly the there's a heightened sense of awareness and concern. Uh, overall, uh, starting to open up uh, the minyanim at the shul at the Lower Marion Synagogue, where my husband is a rabbi, began uh, not this past Friday, but the Friday before. However, we experienced a uh, major weather event uh, a couple of days prior, and so uh, we did not have an air of that so, and there were fallen trees. People had lost power for several days. So, you know, just uh, never, uh, never a dull moment. Oh, uh, God. No, certainly, certainly not. I remember as a kid, you know, you always had to call the air of hotline before Shabbos. <laughs> Adina? Hmm? I don't have Adina. All right, we're going to hold on one second. Hi. Let's, oh, there you Hi. are. I don't. Hi, I'm sorry. No, that's know, fine. Sure what happened? Totally fine. We but were talking. I'm... You were talking about how the Arab went down, which I was just. Correct. I was just reminiscing that as a kid, I remember having to call the Arab hotline every Arab Shabbos. Correct. So the Arab went down due to the due to the power lines coming down, and people lost power for several days. So this was like uh, you know on top of pandemic right. riots, uh, storm. Uh, Arab down. So you know, I'd like to sort of think of this as a or a way of thinking about this. Again, not to make light in any way, but, you know, one has to absorb this mentally. So if one thinks about this as a video game, level right. one, you're doing great. Pandemic, no, level two, <laughs> level three, uh, major 
storm level four Erev. Um, I, you know, so I'm hoping when it says game over, like you'll have like flashing lights. Mashiach is here. Yeah. Know? I mean, I got to tell um, you, Adina, I'm scared about what level 10 looks like, but, um, yeah, yeah please God, we'll right. stay, stay, we're, 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 we're hopefully, uh, you know, easing, easing back down. Yeah. I'm, I'm bowing out of this game before we get to level 10. I got to be honest. Yeah. Um, okay. But let's talk for a second about this virtual summit. First of all, as so yes. many different organizations obviously um, have had to pivot very quickly to a virtual um, presence and a more of a predominantly online presence as nobody can be in the same place at the same time these days. Uh, talk to me about the different women who were invited to be a part of this and the different countries, because I was stunned by this, the different countries who all joined in to discuss similar situations that they're facing in this post, hopefully soon, post-COVID world. So we had a remarkable turnout. Uh, we we went virtual. Obviously, we didn't have a choice. We had had this uh, a similar event last year where we gathered lay leadership together. Uh, it, the obviously the advantage of going virtual was that we were able to gather people from literally all over the world. So we had women from London, South Africa, Australia, Canada, and of course all over the United States. Twenty five states. Uh, were represented wow. all the way from Portland, Oregon to uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota Woo. to right <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska, Birmingham, Alabama, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Of course, all over New Jersey, New York, uh, Wisconsin, Detroit, Michigan. So we the the ability to gather people together was remarkable. When all you have to do is turn on your computer, but the challenge is how do you make the space, the Zoom virtual space, a space where you feel like you're part of a greater community right. and you're part of. Uh, a network rather than just sitting passively in your own living room, dining room, bedroom, uh, staring into a screen. The team at the OU, we have a wonderful, wonderful team, Adina Meyerfeld and Eliana Stone, and we had the OU sound engineer with us uh, as well, worked so hard to use Zoom to its greatest capacity. With There, there are a lot of tools on Zoom that uh, you know are scary to use because you <laughs> never know. Zoom is precarious on a good day. Yeah. And uh, but there are so many tools, breakout rooms, uh, unmuting in a way that, you know, it doesn't become chaotic. I have had my fair fair share of Zoom traumas. So, <laughs> you know, this was this was I was holding my breath for twelve hours. Uh, it was good to finally let, let it out because Hashem was with us. It was remarkable. And the sense of community and energy that was felt in this cyberspace was truly remarkable. And the coming together, the problem solving, the speakers were superb. And to know that we were having such reach, because not only were 150 participants uh, part of the program, but they represent over 300 institutions because Incredible. their reach is so strong. Right. So it it really the the penetration level here was was really profound. Incredible, incredible. Doctor Rebitson, Doctor Adina Schmidman joins us. She is the founding director of the OU Women's Initiative. Let's talk for a second about some of the bigger issues that are facing these women and the organizations that they represent. So certainly fundraising is an issue. How do you tap, how do you reach people in this 
uh, you know, a time where, where so many people are under financial stress and strain. And the sense of encouragement that we got from Rachel Thronick, who was uh, the presenter, was you have to speak to your mission. You have to speak to your uh, to the mission that the person who you're speaking with is most invested in. And there's a lot of things that you can do that are not necessarily asking at this point, because maybe it isn't appropriate to ask the person, but you can check in on your donors, you can have a conversation, uh, you can connect your donors with perhaps someone who's uh, working on a project so that they have the opportunity to to talk to that person on a one-on-one and, and create an intimate space around their gift. So there, there are tools that you can use so that you shouldn't feel helpless. Right. Uh, and another, just, to, just yeah. to add to that before we discuss the next topic, but that is such an important point that so many organizations, I mean, I would say at this point, every non-for-profit organization is facing that, that, that question. Are we allowed to ask? Is it okay to ask? That is such a big question um, in, in today's day and age. And, and we would not have had that question, obviously, four months ago. But now when we're looking, at, we're looking at incredible unemployment numbers and we're looking at spikes in different areas of COVID, spikes of COVID in different areas, and all of a sudden it's like, well, well are, we, are we even allowed to? And I, I guess that part of that is the relationship that you have with your donors and you can test those waters. But I think also the manner in which you ask, which is what I think you're, tip, you're, 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 you're hinting at now, is asking if they're okay, making sure that when you're asking, you're starting with being a mensch. You're not, put, you're not putting your needs first. You're remembering that behind that dollar is a person. Correct. And, and, and I think it gives us a tremendous degree of authenticity right. to that relationship. And 100%. that it's not just predicated on, on you know, a, a financial transaction. A hundred percent. Okay. So what was, the, what was one of the big next topics? Uh, there was uh, Amy Katz, who, had, who was the prize director of PEGE, spoke about scenario planning. How do you envision or set up a vision for what's coming down the line. And there, the way she presented it is that there's two words, pivot and adapt, that you may have to pivot, which means a complete change right. in, your, in your direction of programming, of uh, you know, the way you engage with the community, mm-hmm. or it may be adapting what you're doing and retooling and sort of... Um, uh, making some slight changes, but not dramatic changes. But her point of scenario planning was you really do need to, you can't, obviously we can't be in the future, but <laughs> if you, uh, with with the team and consensus and envisioning and trying to anticipate, come up with scenarios, and she said best case scenario, worst case scenario, livable scenario, mm. then and really map out. What does it look like? Step by step by step and taking into account what is your organization about? What is your mission? And be very clear, you know, to your mission. Uh, It will set you up to be in a stronger space down the line. Agreed. That's, yeah. No, you know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of work and a lot of investment and a lot of detail. 
Right. So, but yeah, but I thinking. think what's I think what's so interesting about that is that while you're in the depths of what we are going through and as many people feel as we get into different phases and and start to pull ourselves out safely, um, it's hard to think while you're in the middle. It's hard to think while you're in the throngs that there's going to be oh, an end absolutely. to this. And so I think that that message of, you know, pivoting and just the whole conversation is so important because it reminds people that we will see the end of this. We will. We're going to be here Correct. at the end. Correct. I also think in addition to the end of the end game, Part of the scenario planning is also what's happening until, like, as we move forward. Mm. She, one, one example that she gave was what's happening for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, the Yom right. Noraim. And that's, that's a very hard conversation. It's a very hard conversation. And, you know, in a certain sense, it's not immediate. But on the other hand, it is. Right. Um, and, you know, you don't want to be caught on your back foot. You want to be, you know, coming from a position of strength. We've thought this out. Uh, but it's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's it's. There's so many complicated pieces here. I mean, I just you know we, uh, what I shared at the you know at the time during the her session was, we should derive strength from how the community was able to pivot and adapt when it came to Pesach with no time. And mm. this was you know everyone was blindsided, and yet you know we came through. Here we do have more time, but let's use that. Right. A hundred percent. Time is time is sort of on our side, but let's not take that for granted. Okay, with the few minutes that we have left, give me the third biggest issue that that organizations are facing. So this is, I I guess, if we're moving from, let's say, like a Google Earth to a Google Street, uh, Leslie Ginsburg Klein, who is the director of the Women's uh, Institute of Torah Study in Baltimore, spoke about Zoom fatigue. Uh, so yeah. how do you connect with your <laughs> constituents when you are just like, if I see another screen right. and uh. another Zoom screen and I see all those boxes, yep. look, my head is my head is swimming. As she says uh, this on a Zoom conference. <laughs> there you go. Right. 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 <laughs> and she brought such creativity to her presentation where there are more tools and there are ways to use um to use uh, even Zoom, she used the the the, uh, the term uh, looking at technology as a disruptive innovation rather than replicating. Mm. Meaning, don't try to t- like if you try to take your what was your classroom and you put it on Zoom, that's like using let's say a whiteboard and projecting your worksheet on the whiteboard. Like right. all you're doing <laughs> is taking what was and just sort of uh again using that word adapt but here she was using it using the word replicate and you're that sometimes wears people out because it's not what it's not what you're used to yet you're trying to recreate that original uh feeling right whereas if you if you throw in something completely different and you have um she was talking about a uh, a technology where there are um, people record videos, short videos about themselves, and then you can comment on those videos, and those videos are posted, and then you're 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 creating a different level of engagement with the with the listener that's and the viewer, which is not 
it's not replicating. And so it just, it, it's a whole different um, medium. Mm. And use use those different medium. Use Kahoot. Kahoot is a, is right. a sure. very fun, <laughs> engaging quiz game that pulls people in. And so you're you're using tools. You're maybe using Zoom as a technology and the medium to project the Kahoot, right. so that everybody can see the same screen. But you're not. Um, it's it's definitely using it in a very different and creative way. So you know, her point was bring creativity to the table. She said that she had given a lesson. On, she always gave a lesson on and would come on. Um, Jewish women in history in the early 1900s, Lower East Side, and she would come into her classroom dressed up, bringing in artifacts, and she couldn't think of it. She couldn't conceive of how this was going to happen on Zoom. What she's supposed to be sitting dressed up in a <laughs> through a screen. Right. Well, all of a sudden she realized the access to artifacts, the access to materials. You could actually go to the Lower East Side, show oh. a video. Like you, you, you can do a lot of creative things, but you have to think out of the box, right? And uh, and literally out of the box. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, we have 30 seconds left. Adina, I have to compliment you and the Women's Initiative for giving giving women leaders, giving female leaders a platform to be leaders, even in this alternate universe in which we are living at this moment because all of the things that you just mentioned are easily adaptable and good advice for every organization whether it's led by a man or a woman but it's so important to continue to recognize that leadership happens both with men and women and the OU Women's Initiative does that and and I really think it's great. And I and I'm I'm so happy to see that this summit was a success and that so many really productive and and almost for, for lack of a better word, tactile <laughs> pieces of advice <laughs> yes. ca- came out of this. I really have to give you a tremendous amount of credit. Thank you. And and thank you for, for allowing me the opportunity to share. Sure. Uh, I, it's an opportunity to share with many others and as you put it men and women who are in leadership positions and women who are and men who are leading their families and leading you know whether it be in a in a formal way or an informal way there are all of these are important tools to tap into right and we didn't even get to talk about balancing the family and the work life at the same time while you're trying to be on zoom but we can have to discuss that another time rebbits and doctor exactly rebbits and dr adina schmidman thank you so much for joining me and continued hatzlacha and stay safe You as well. Stay well, stay safe, and looking forward to being in touch. Thank you so much. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. We have two minutes to the end of the show. I have a feeling we're going to have to bring up our song in the background because uh, there it is. There it is. Yes. If you missed, for some reason or another, Nahum's discussion, Nahum's interview with Rabbi Yehoshua Fast this morning on JM in the AM, it started about 8.30 this morning. You must go to the archive and listen to it. It is insane. The numbers that are coming out of Nefesh, the, the unbelievable response to Aliyah that is taking place, please God, this summer. This is, this is a, a huge time. In modern Jewish history, huge, huge, be a part of it. A full afternoon of programming continues right after That's Life. Of course, the live lunch hosted by Nachum Siegel begins in just a few moments. And then the we have Throwback Thursday at 1 o'clock. We have... 
the Erev Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zomik, brought to you by Kedem at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. Join Nachum as he hosts JM in the AM at 6 a.m. A super-sized JM in the AM continues till about 9.30, after which Naomi takes over for Table for Two. I'm so out of time. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Saxon and Israeli rock and roll band.